AM 570 KLAC, 987 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. An LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Peterson. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Peterson. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. Okay, we continue Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Later this hour, we have a very special treat. Friend of ours, someone you love, is going to come on the show because he had some very pointed comments. No, it's not you. Oh, you're saying hello to Rodney. I thought you were, yeah. I thought you were coming yeah. over here and saying, hey, it's me. Hey, I'm that's the... a good start, Fred. Let's well, F and go. I'm trying to, I'm trying to set up Eric wow. Dickerson. Eric is going to come on later this hour. Can I not connect Maybe. with my friend Rodney Pete there? Exactly, Adam. I'm okay with that. Why did Fred try to butt in Why well, our did, connection? I just said we're going to have somebody that everybody loves and is very special, and Adam starts waving. I thought you were waving at me like, say my name. I know everybody doesn't love me, and I'm not special. I would never do something like no, that, No, I don't Fred. know if everybody doesn't love you. That's not fair. I think people... Why would he wave at you when he's right next to you? Because he was trying to have me say, and that special guy that everybody loves is here right now. And I was trying to set up Eric. About that's to wave something else Fred's way here. That's, that, that's what I thought was happening. Okay, we can move on from this. All right, anyway, Eric will be on later. But the saltier Adam Oslin, our NBA insider, brought to you by Honey. The money-saving browser extension. Yeah, it's with us here in the studio. Okay. Do honey, ev- honey, do, honey. Do everybody a favor, Adam. <laughs> Before we even talk about what happened last night, please break down the scenarios now in this wild ride to the finish where could the Lakers end up? Where could the Clippers end up? What about the schedules? Lay it out. Okay, you guys talked about this earlier. The Lakers could get to five, but I think it's very unlikely, and you were snippy with Bill Orem yesterday regarding what's likely, even though he was just giving the best-case scenario for the Los Angeles Lakers, which Which was was completely accurate. That was their best-case scenario. He was right. What was wrong with you? Nothing. I just thought that a lot's got to happen for them to lose, finish eighth. Phoenix has to pass Utah. Okay, so let's talk more realistic scenarios. Okay, let's go. The Lakers, first of all, have to win out. They take on the Houston Rockets tonight. Very winnable game on banner night. LeBron James likely is going to be back. It sounds like that from Adrian Wojnarowski, but maybe no Anthony Davis, but they're still taking on the Houston Rockets. All right. Then they play the Indiana Pacers on Saturday and then the New Orleans Pelicans on Sunday. But the two teams in front of them would be the Portland Trailblazers and the Dallas Mavericks. Both teams have the tiebreaker because they both won the season series against the Los Angeles Lakers. So even though they're one game back, they're really two games back of both of those teams. The Lakers are going to have to win out and hope one of them goes one and two in their final three games. The more more likely scenario there would be the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, who do they got, Adam? They got they, they got a tough road. Utah tonight. Yeah. And on a back to back, then they go to Phoenix tomorrow night. Now the question is, how much or what are those two teams really playing for? It looks like Utah's gonna get the number one seed because they're two games up on the Phoenix Suns. But Phoenix does have the tiebreaker against them, so there's still somewhat of a possibility they could get the number one seed. Unlikely, though. So, 
two tough games in theory, but are they going to be playing to win against Portland when they know they can't really move around much or can't maneuver out of the one or the two seed? Then Portland on Sunday takes on the Denver Nuggets. What's Denver going to have to play for at that point? Are they already locked into that four seed because the Clippers have an easier schedule left? Coming up, they play the Houston Rockets. They also play the Charlotte Hornets tomorrow and then the OKC Thunder. So they could easily go 3-0. and They're already one game up on the Denver Nuggets and they would be locked into that three seed. But going back to the Lakers, they need Dallas to trip up somehow. And they have New Orleans, the Raptors, and Minnesota left. I don't think you mentioned who Dallas plays. I think I just did. The Dallas has. No. I, I think it just <laughs> happened about five seconds ago. What did you uh, say? He's doing a Bill Orham to you. Watch out, Adam. He's going to Bill Orham you. Christmas, Fred. You're going to get me to swear on the air. I just said they have New Orleans, the Raptors, and Minnesota. That's what? Dallas's three games remaining. That's their schedule, Fred. For the Dallas Mavericks. I don't know if you mentioned that. Luka Doncic's Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand. <laughs> okay, so do you, easy Fred, schedule. Do you? Yeah, I don't think you mentioned that. Go ahead. Do you see Dallas going one and two there? Maybe. Come on. Who's nah. beating them there? It's Portland is the team that the Lakers would likely have to jump over by going 3-0 and and hoping the Blazers go one and two. By losing one of three games to three teams that are above them in the standings, or just winning one of three games against three teams that are above them in the standings. It could happen. Portland could lose tonight, but they've been playing really well recently. They've been surging. They've been the second-best offense over the last 10 games now. Except, In fact, they are the second-best offense this season now. They've jumped over the Los Angeles Clippers in that category because the Clippers have tripped up a little bit offensively. So Portland has the tougher road remaining of the Lakers, of themselves, and the Dallas Mavericks. Did that you okay make sense? With that, Fred? You okay with Is that, Fred? Is your head still blown from yeah. that cabbage patch? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. So, if we sat here now, that you laid out every scenario possible. Your gut feeling tells you that the Clippers finish third and the Lakers finish out of the play-in? Mm. Mm. Yes. I think the Lakers get six. Okay. And, and I think we are headed towards the right. battle for Los Angeles in the first round. Right. And that's what I was going to say. It's the one matchup in the first round you don't want to see. It, now, the Lakers may see this as an opportunity to not have to play some guys down the stretch here because they don't want to see the Clippers. And they'd rather see the Phoenix Suns or the Utah Jazz by getting into that playing tournament. And maybe you get a little bit more momentum by having to play those games and more reps with guys who haven't been on the court that often with one another. They already have the built-in excuse if they want to drop down. But last night didn't look like a team <laughs> that that wants to play in the seventh or the or in that play-in tournament. They don't want to be the seventh or the AC. But you don't want to press LeBron James and now Anthony Davis, who has this groin injury going on. That's the issue for them. They have one guy returning once again from the high ankle sprain. Didn't work out for him the first time around in LeBron James. And now Anthony Davis last night said he's hurting. He's playing through that groin injury. He was getting massaged out on the sidelines just to keep going in that game. And to his credit, 
played brilliant defense late against Julius Randle last night. He really did. I, their, their defense last night was just phenomenal. They were suffocating late. Yeah. End of the fourth quarter and in, into overtime. I think in the last 10 minutes, New York scored about 10 points. And Derrick Rose went cold for a while. Julius Randle went cold for a while. The Lakers still have the ability, no matter who is out there, because they built their identity on being that defensive team. And even though they haven't had Anthony Davis for a couple of months, LeBron James has missed 25 games, they are still the number one defense in the league. Still, throughout all these injuries, all these different lineups, they are still the number one defense, and that's what makes them so dangerous. Because regardless if they are clicking in all the way offensively, they're going to be in the game because their defense is going to keep them in it. Well, the thing I noticed last night with the Knicks, and the Knicks are a very good team. Give Tom Thibodeau credit. He's done a phenomenal job there in New York and, and got them competitive and playing much better. But, but the thing I noticed watching, if LeBron is back and AD can play as he's been playing, i got to tell you, I, I don't – a team like the Knicks with LeBron back against them, there's no way. They I, lack a lot of firepower. Yeah. They're – Identity is also because under Tibbs, that's how it always is. You play hard, you compete every night, you play 45 minutes. You basically play multiple overtimes normally just playing with that team. And and they are well-conditioned because of that. Do they run, run out of gas in the... In the playoffs, I think so. With Julius Randle as their number one option and not a lot else, R.J. Barrett really struggled last night. He couldn't get going. Derrick Rose has obviously had that resurgence. He's been really good over the last oh, he week. Good. He was good against the yeah. Clippers as well. They almost beat both teams here in Los Angeles, but I still think the New York Knicks, who are a top five seed currently, actually they dropped to six. They went from four to six last night with that loss. So they were playing hard against the Los Angeles Lakers. They wanted to win that game. It was necessary for them. But I don't see them getting past, let's say, the second round is their ceiling this season. Hey, Adam, you know, you, you talked about Utah probably going to be their number one seed, and they it, it just feels like they don't get any kind of respect. What do you Where do you see Utah in terms of them in, in the playoffs, are they somebody? Because we, we, we talk about the Lakers, we talk about the Clippers. Um, Denver now, obviously, without Murray is, is, a, is a big question. But Utah it just doesn't feel like, okay, Utah is a team that the, the, the number one seed for a reason. Everybody should just be scared of Utah. It doesn't feel that way with them. What, what's your assessment of Utah? I think most people are saying, wait and see. They have to prove it to us. Now, I thought they were really good last season. And they were on the come, and then Boyan Bogdanovich left. He was out with that wrist injury. He's back now, but obviously Donovan Mitchell has been out for the last month, and it sounds like he's going to be out the last three games for them. They're going to keep him out. He had an ankle injury as well. And I do like Utah, and I like Quinn Snyder, and I like Mike Conley Jr., but he's been out recently, and Rudy Gobert is always in the mix for Defensive Player of the Year. But he's also a problem at times in the playoffs. They're flawed in this way. Their second most important player, maybe their most important player because he's the backbone of their defense, Rudy Gobert can be taken off the floor at times when you go small. The Warriors have done it. The Denver Nuggets did it a little bit last season in that series where they came back on Utah down 3-1 in the bubble. And to have a guy who's limited because of his size, because if you get him spread out, out on the perimeter guarding guys, and you take him off the dribble, he's not the same player. And he's so important to your team, but he can't always be on the floor. That's where they're flawed. Do I still think they're really good? Of course. They're one of the best three-point shooting teams. They're one of the best defensive teams. And Donovan Mitchell is explosive. 
And he is someone who has stepped up numerous times now in the playoffs, not just last season where he had multiple 50-point games, but his first run where people were comparing him to Dwayne Wade was against the OKC Thunder a few years back. And they won that series in six games, and he was the best player on the court next to Russell Westbrook and Paul George. So they have someone who has that that it factor, that clutch gene, if you want to call it that, and Donovan Mitchell, that can raise their ceiling. But I still feel like when you're going up against the Lakers or the Clippers, and if those teams are fully healthy, they just have higher-end talent that's more playable in a playoff scenario than Utah does. So could the same be said about Phoenix? Phoenix, they're just young. They have two guys, their two most important players besides CP3, DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker. We've never seen either of them in a playoff scenario before. Now, they had their backs against the wall last season in the in the bubble. They had to win every game just to have a chance to get in. They did. They didn't get in, but they went 8-0. And Devin Booker has showed me that he is a big-time player when the spotlight is the brightest. He can step up. So... They're dangerous because they do have someone with all that experience in Chris Paul who has made a conference finals. It happened a couple years ago with the Houston Rockets. You can no longer label him a conference finals virgin there, Fred. You can't say that anymore. He's done it. <laughs> yeah, Fred. <laughs> I, I've never referred to him like that, by the way. But there's... Yeah, you, you did call him a virgin. <laughs> no, I called A.C. Green a virgin. <laughs> That oh, teddy bear. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. But if you have CP3, you always have a shot. People just haven't seen these two teams we're talking about in these playoff situations before. And you're more prone to say, well, the Clippers have Kawhi Leonard. He's been there, done that. They have Paul George. The Lakers have LeBron and AD. We're going to trust them over Utah and the Phoenix Suns right now, even though they're the higher seeds. But you could also say, for the most part, they benefited from other teams being so banged up all season long. It's been an injury-influenced season, and you can see that in the records. And Phoenix, they haven't had that many injuries to their star players. I think CP3 has missed two games total, which is incredible. When you look at his last five years, he's been playing 65 games around there at most. Hey, Adam, are we going to see playoff Rondo? Uh, come out again in, in the playoffs for the Clippers. How much of a factor is he going to be for that for that team like he was for the Lakers? I'm glad you asked because he has been playoff Rondo already in the Clippers uniform. He's given us that playoff preview. Uh, I think A lot of people and Clippers fans and people have been arguing with me on Twitter going back a couple months now when they first picked him up. Because of the move and it involved Sweet Lou Williams who is beloved by Clipper Nation, a lot of people... They were against it. They didn't like Rajon Rondo, whether it was just who he's been throughout his career with the Boston Celtics and then the Lakers, but they didn't think he had anything left. And he didn't look like that in Atlanta earlier this season. It looked to be washed Rondo, not playoff Rondo. But since he has been with the Clippers, he has flipped the switch. He has done it once again. If you were watching that game last night, he dominated the second quarter, hit three three-pointers, had a behind-the-back pass between two defenders for Avica Zubats to throw it down. I, It's unbelievable the burst he still has getting to the basket. And you could say the passing would be last to go. The basketball IQ, that's not going to leave him. But does he still have enough athleticism left? 
He does. He has proven that the last month now with the Clippers. When when he has needed to play big, including in a game against the Phoenix Suns, where he took the challenge of guarding CP3 and then hitting a three-pointer in his face, and you know there's no love lost between those two guys, Rondo gets up for big games still, and I think he appreciates the fact that he's the ultimate extension of the head coach when he's under T. Lou because those guys were together, together in Boston. Coach Lou was the Rondo whisperer there. They worked very closely. He helped it with his development to get to this level. So now he already knows the playbook like the back of his hand. It's easy for him. And I think he feels like he could be the missing piece as well to help get them over the hump. And therefore, you're getting the best version of Rajon Rondo, even at the age of 35, 36, just because he senses that, or he sees that carrot dangling in front of him, where they have a real chance of winning a championship. And when he has that to play for, you're going to get playoff Rondo, and we've already seen a preview of that in the regular season now. You know, we, we talked about this earlier, Adam. Adam Oslin with us. Uh, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker of the Lakers, mm. and, uh, you know, I, I just think he's an adventure every time he steps on the floor. Because he's either going to knock it down and come up with something spectacular or drive to the hoop, spin, get knocked around, and throw it off the top of the shot clock. But the Lakers seem to be putting him in these high-leverage high situations. They're giving him a chance to grow. Do you think that's a good idea? THT, uh, we got the full experience from him last night. But it ended well. Because after Derrick Rose stalked him <laughs> to get that turnover, to get that steal, an incredible play by D. Rose. I didn't know he still had that in him. But... He came through late, and I think that's huge for his development. But you were talking about him being an adventurer, or you never know what you're going to get. You take the good with the bad with young players like this, and you just hope they're instinctual enough to figure it out on the fly, on the floor. And he has for the most part. I've said before, he's got a little bit of that J.R. Smith in him. No conscience. <laughs> and that's not yeah. necessarily a bad thing because you want to have a short memory as a young player when you do make mistakes like he did. And then to be able to come back from it, that's a confidence builder for him to hit that three-pointer, the biggest shot of the game. And post-game, he was still criticizing himself for that turnover, but he was able to play through it. And to have the wherewithal to, to uh, have the chutzpah, whatever VTB would say about this, but just that killer instinct late to hit that shot in that moment when you're playing next to Anthony Davis and LeBron James isn't even on the floor, and you go, okay, I'm going to hit that shot not only from three, but on Derrick Rose, who was his hero growing up. He's a Chicago guy, just like D. Rose. That was his idol. Uh, THT has looked up to him. So that's a pivotal moment for him. And don't forget, last season when they closed out the Houston Rockets in the second round of the playoffs in the bubble, he was really good in that closeout game. He got minutes. He had nine points. So he's gotten a little bit more experience. But obviously, sometimes, you know, these injuries can be a blessing in disguise because it forces other guys to grow up very quickly. It expedites that learning process. And I think THT is really going to benefit from what's happened this year for the Lakers. Regardless if they win it or not, he's going to be better for it because he's had to play more meaningful minutes. And real quick, Serge Ibaka, um, are, are they just being cautious or to, to bring him back or getting him ready for the playoffs? What's, what's his status? The latest was pregame T. Lou said... He's on the road trip with them. It's the first time he's been with the team on the road in over two months now. And I think people are just having selective memory with Serge Ibaka and how much he means for this Clippers team. Because remember, this was their big offseason pickup. 
this kind of lessen the blow in a big way of losing Montrez Harrell. He's critical for the Clippers. They need him, especially against Jokic or against Rudy Gobert or, I don't know, Anthony Davis in the first round. Outside of Avisa Zubats and Marcus Morris, and they'll throw the kitchen sink to try to slow down Anthony Davis. But Serge Ibaka was supposed to be that guy because he can also be a floor spacer with his shooting from the outside. And he hasn't played in the last 25 or so games now. They need him badly now. T. Lou said yesterday pregame he's on the road trip and they're tr- they're hopeful that he can play a couple of these last games, and there's three left, that he can get some run in the regular season before the playoffs start. And remember, there's going to be that gap between the play-in tournament or the end of the regular season and then the play-in tournament and then the playoffs starting. So a lot of teams are going to have six days off for the most part, before the regular, regular playoff start, sans the uh, play-in tournament. All right. Adam, thank you for hanging. Really appreciate it. Great stuff as always. Where the hell am I going? I'm <laughs> producing for you today. <laughs> yeah. right. We're back in the yeah. other room. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Can I leave? Yeah, go. Go stand on the other side of the glass. And we love a Wednesday, Fred. Yeah, we do. And we love when this man comes on the show. It's never off-season for the NFL. Never. Never. That means... Or for this guy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It means this guy is with us today. We welcome the Rambassador, NFL Hall of Famer. Yes! And our good friend Eric Dickinson. Yes! Brought to you by your local Southern California Ford dealers. Drive the 2021 Ford F-150 today. The F-Series is the best-selling truck, 44 years running. E.D., how are you? What's up, guys? How you doing? <laughs> We're doing good. E.D. Hey, E.D. Hey. First of hey, wait, all, wait, wait, E.D. Wait, 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 wait. First of all. How did your name get before Fred's name? Rodney Pete Show. What's up with that? <laughs> That's just a little dig. What's just up a little with dig. A little dig that? from our friends down at, down the hall at KFI. Just digging in on Fred a little bit. You see if they can get under Fred's skin. You know it's easy to get under Fred's skin. So, you no, know. You're not sensitive to Fred, is it? No, not at all. Uh, ED, first of all, how do I get on the Eric Dickerson, Christian Okoye, uh, Chris Hale travel squad. That's how I, I need to get on that squad. Can well, you talk to all, somebody? Well, first of all, you you, you talking to the part. You talking to the main man. But 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 you know <laughs> the one. You know what the one problem is, Rodney. The one major problem. <laughs> yes. Your wife ain't gonna let you go. <laughs> <laughs> she ain't gonna let you go. So you, 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 we we can we can send you yeah. all the information all you See, want. We were going. We went to Hawaii. We went to Hawaii. We just got back yesterday. Yes. We, we had five days in Hawaii and. We'd like Rodney to go, but you know his lovely wife is not going to let him out of her sight. Well, what is See, that's not true. But that's what? not true, Ed. I could go because you know, first of all, she knows you, and yeah, she no, she knows that. Chris, and she and she she recently got to know Christian Okoye a little bit. So so it's it's a careful squad. Um, secondly, secondly, it's not her. You need to talk to to Don Martin to, to let me go and uh, kind of you know. Do reconnaissance mission when you guys go on these trips. Is, is, is the slave master whooping you over the back? Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> the old slave master? Get out there. Get in there. Shut up. Quit complaining. You're going to stay here, boy. Well, Eric, what, what is it you do on these trips that you think uh, Rodney's wife wouldn't let him go? Nothing. We just play golf. We, you we, see we, where Fred's going, E.D.? You I, see I, what I, he I, did I, there? I, I see what Fred, I see what Fred's trying to go. The, the man who don't know how to rap. No, none oh, rapping Fred. please. That has, that has no rap. Please, he, 
I asked him what a rap was. He like, you mean like a rap artist? No, dog. Like talking to a woman, Fred. Oh yeah. Well, let's. We don't need to relive that. <laughs> See, you you didn't even know what I was talking about then. But I said, I don't know how to rap. You I thought you were talking rap. about Reynolds rap. I didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> All right, Eric. Um, you you know. You had some thoughts on Tim Tebow returning to the NFL. What do you think about that? Man, come on, man. Let's stop it, Fred. This is ridiculous. I mean, let's put it. I'm, I'm going to say what, what, my, what my mother would say to me. She'd say, Eric is different for the black kids. You know, you can't do what they do. You know, I mean, it's nothing wrong with It's nothing about Tim Tebow. Nothing against him at all. Nothing against him, you know. But if this was a, a, a black player talking about coming back to the NFL after eight years, they'd be like, oh, hell no. That ain't happening. I get, I can give you a, 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 even a better example. T.O. wanted to come back. He had been out of the league like two years. T.O. wanted to – I even talked to the Rams about it. Just, you know, to come back as, you know, help the receiver. No, you know, we wanted to get the young guys, you know, try to develop the young guys. You know what an asset T.O. would have been to a football team, especially our team. I mean, really. And you're talking about Tim Tebow, a guy who's never played tight end. He didn't want to play tight end when they told him to play tight end. He wanted to play quarterback. I'm a quarterback. I have to play quarterback. Come on, man. I mean – it's ridiculous, man. It, it just is. I just don't, you know, hey, but I, I, you know what? I give Urban Meyer credit. You know, that's his guy. You know, he won two national championships with him, won a Heisman Trophy. So he's giving him a shot. But, man, really, he, why, yeah. why, why is he wasting time? I mean, that's, that's, and, that's, and, that's, that's and, wasting and, time. And you know this, E.D., and it's just, it, it he, first of all, he better be really good and because yeah, it's going not. to. It's going to disrupt that locker room. You know exactly. how guys are. You know how guys are. Man, he's taking a spot from somebody, somebody that played forever. And, then, again, it's nothing against Tim Tebow because nothing. he wants to follow his whatever. But guys in that locker room are not going to be receptive. I don't care what they say. They're not going to be receptive to it because he's taking a spot. And the guy is playing. Not like he's coming back and playing quarterback. He's coming back to play tight end. That's right. I'm, that's like me going back to the National Football League right now. So, you know, I want to play quarterback. Yeah. What team? You, what team you think gonna have me come back to play quarterback? Better yet, what team gonna have me to come back and play running back? Let's go with that. <laughs> no, it's, it's just after eight it's, years of not playing. It's ridiculous. I just, I just feel like it's a waste of time. It's a waste of a spot because those spots are very important for each. I mean, those guys out there trying to make a football team. This is you're talking about somebody's living, somebody's livelihood. So for me, I just feel like man, it's a joke, and I'm and I mean that. Wholeheartedly. I mean, Tim Tebow, you know, playing tight end, it's an art to play in that position. It's an art to play in quarterback. It's an art to being a punter. I mean, all those positions, you have to know what you're doing. Now, all of a now, all of a sudden, seven years later, I, you know, I want to play, I want to play tight end. Oh, okay. What what you think any other teams would, would entertain this offer? Probably not. No, they'd be like, come on, dog. You've been out seven years. No way. Uh, we ain't doing that. But you know, like I said, you know, for his his old coach. He's giving him a shot, so but uh, hell no, that's a waste of time. That's yeah, my opinion. Yeah, but what he said was also, you know, the, the reason we want him is because he's a natural leader. He's a leader. People will follow him. Are you gonna, ah, are you going to follow a guy that has been in football for eight years playing a new position? First of all, let me tell you something. They said that about guys that shouldn't be on a football team. We we need to have that kind of guy. He's that kind of guy. Well, players know he ain't worth a damn. He ain't got no talent. He's just a rah-rah guy. That's, that's, that's the player. Oh, man, he can't play. You know, he's just an old rah-rah guy. He, 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 I call him the old booty licker, the old coach's, old coach's boy. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that about Tim Tebow. I'm, I'm just saying. Well, you just I'm said just, it. I'm just, no, I'm just saying in general. I'm just saying I'm not putting it out there in general statement because I don't know Tim Tebow. Seemed like a nice guy. But I'm just saying, man, this, you're taking, you're taking up somebody's spot. You know, you, 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 you. 
you you got other guys on that team that are leaders also that have, that are playing their position that they that they played since they were in you know junior high or pickup football or pop Warner football college and everything. Tim Tebow played quarterback. He's never played tight end. That's like saying I'm gonna put him out there to be a punter. Rodney, you know Rodney, yeah. the NFL gonna bring you back. You gonna be you gonna be our new punter. Come on, I never punted before. I come out there and punt. Yeah, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And and, and on top of that, it's going to be a circus because of the the attention that he's going to bring in that area. It's not like he's playing in Chicago. He's playing in his backyard where he played in Florida. Jacksonville's close to Gainesville, so he's got all the following. He has a following, a big following. And you imagine for the young kid, Trevor Lawrence, going there, all of a sudden they're going to be cries of Tim Tebow loyal saying he should be playing quarterback because they started off 0-3 and and he's struggling. So why not give Tim Tebow a shot at quarterback now? Man, Tim Tebow should have been playing quarterback when he was playing quarterback in the NFL. I'm gonna say this much here, uh, Tim Tebow. When he went to 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 uh, Denver, I ran into John Elway. I said, "John, I said, tell me, what do you think?" He like said, "I." I said, "Let me say what you can't say. Ain't no way in the hell he should be playing no quarterback." He said, "Y'all, you said it best." <laughs> there you go. I mean, I, he didn't say it. I said it for him. You know, come on, man. I mean. He was a quarterback in college. He was a he was a great co- college player. You hear me say this all the time, Rodney. Yeah. You got you got you got great college players, and you have great high school players. You have guys that go from high school to college that transcend their game into the NFL, and it, it just it didn't transcend. I mean, it it just didn't. And and this to me, it's just a waste of time. And I know, like you said, Jacksonville is is right close to where he played college football, and they love Tim Tebow. I mean, they, yeah. they love it. And then, and and it's, it's, I just think this is going to be a distraction. That's just my opinion. Uh, and why y'all got me on here anyway talking about this? Y'all must have saw something I said. Did I say something? something yeah, I think TMZ did. picked it up, Eric. <laughs> oh, that's what it, I, I knew. I was, yeah, I was out. Man, I went out last night. First of all, I don't go. <laughs> I felt like Grandpa Paul at that restaurant. I'm like, what do I got my old ass here for? Anyway? All these young girls in the short ass skirts. I'm like I probably I probably day to day mama. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> well, you the old man in the club. I'm the old man in the. I feel like the old man in the club. It's, it's a restaurant, but I feel like in the club last night. But I, but I ain't gonna lie. You know they say I did have that wondering eye though that I was looking around. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> I had that wondering eye. I was like, ain't nothing wrong with looking. I was just looking. I was looking. I ain't blind. Yeah. Fred. What? Yeah, Eric. What restaurant did you go to? We went to Catch. Man, I I haven't been to Catch in twelve years. I think, and I was in my forties when I went to Catch. And so, and I and I thought I felt old then. So now, you know, I really feel old. Matter of fact, Fred, let's, let's me and you go one night. Me, you, and Rodney. Let's us, let's just three go. See if we can get a table there. It catch. <laughs> well, we got man, a table with you there. Man, let me tell you something. First of all, they didn't even know who I was. Some girl came up. They were they were taking pictures of. Her. I don't know who knows she was. She got us some BMW. She was about as big big as this pencil I got in my hand. <laughs> 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 and they were they were taking pictures of. Her. I'm like, who is this little thin child? <laughs> and so then I, I I got my card. I take my mask off. I said, "Oh, Eric, hey, let me take pictures of you." I'm like, oh, I'm like, man, okay, man. I said, "I'm, I'm leaving." <laughs> and so that's how I guess that's how the Tim <laughs> Hey, Eric, what do you think about Aaron Rodgers telling Green Bay fire the general manager or I'm not playing? I'm gonna say this much here for Aaron Rodgers. First of all, man, I like Aaron Rodgers. I always thought he was if not the best quarterback in the National Football League, the second best quarterback in the National Football League at all times. And I just feel like Green Bay has not done him right. Not by, even by drafting, you know, who's the quarterback they drafted last Jordan year? Jordan Love. 
Jordan, Jordan Love. Love. Yeah. I, I didn't even by doing that, it was a slap in his face. But just by not letting him, like not giving him talent, not giving him receivers, uh, uh, offensive line. You know, get get him the guys he needs. This I was like, it's like, oh, Aaron can do it on his own. That's how I feel like, oh, Aaron can do it on his own. And if he doesn't do it, we're blaming on Aaron. I just feel like it's wrong, and 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 he should have some say so. I mean, the Buccaneers, Tom Brady, they asked Tom about who they should bring on draft a quarterback. Was it okay? Why wouldn't you ask your guy that is a the, the one of the greatest Packers to ever play on that football team, a for sure Hall of Famer, about who we should draft, who do, who who should we should bring on this football team? And if he don't like the GM, it just ain't gonna work. I mean, because he's a general manager doesn't mean he know what the hell he's doing. You know that, Rodney. Yeah, 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 and it's uh, the, the two of them can, they can't coexist. They they in a problem up there because mm-hmm. you're right. You know, give me give me some weapons, and especially you know how it is, Eric. And, and when you play in and you look around the league and you see Kansas City giving Patrick Mahomes every weapon he needs, oh. you know, and other places giving you every weapon you need, and you sitting up there drafting a quarterback, moving up to draft a quarterback in the first round when you need a right tackle or you need another wide receiver on the other side. Yeah, it pisses you off. And knowing you got four or five more years left to make a run at this thing and you're close and they do that, yeah, you're going to be at odds. I said this is this was brewing for a minute, him coming out saying get rid of the general manager. It didn't just happen overnight. They have a bad relationship. What did I tell you when we played the Packers in that playoff game? I said the only way we were going to beat the Packers is is that uh, Aaron Rodgers played for both teams. He went back and forth like he do a you know saying a lot of football. I said that's, that's how we're gonna beat them. He probably I know he looked at the Rams like man if I had that what they have over there you what we could yeah. do if we'd have had Aaron Rodgers on that team last year with that defense we'd have won the Super Bowl. Yeah. I would I would yeah. I would have banked on that oh for sure. That's what he, I mean. But they they never they to me they never treated that boy right. I mean they they just never like it's almost like. Rodney Dangerfoot, can I get a little respect? A little respect around here, a little respect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like the man is getting no respect. All right, Eric. So, uh, you know, given what happened in your uh, your trip out last night, do you plan on going out again tonight? Uh, absolutely not, Fred. <laughs> First of all, I need. I, I just woke up not long ago to get on this phone call. I just got to be Oh, really? not, not like the old days, ED, not where like you can old. do that and get up early and go to practice. What are you talking about, Rodney? Man, I won't forget. We played the Cowboys in the playoff game when I went for 248 yards. I didn't even go to sleep. I was out all night on that Friday night at a club. Went straight from the I went straight from the club to practice. <laughs> now, can you imagine me yep. sitting out of the club all night? Man, I'd be I'd still be in that sleep. They'd be sweeping around me. <laughs> Somebody get this old man out of here. <laughs> well, thanks for waking up and thanks for coming on today. We appreciate it. Hey, thank you guys for having me. All right. Uh, okay, I'll talk to you later. All right. Eric's, All of right. course, brought to you by your local Southern California Ford dealers. Drive the 2021 Ford F 150 today. The F Series, the best selling truck, 44 years running. Thanks. I'm here. I was thinking, Fred. You all right? I'm good. Are you sure? Fine. Like, like you saw a, a ghost on your phone or something. <laughs> no. I'm good. Okay. Just checking stuff. All right. All right. Um, anyway, so there's been a lot of talk about what the Angels did to Albert Pujols and how they released him. It's interesting, Rodney, and I think you pointed this out initially. We haven't heard from Albert Pujols. Right. And players throughout Major League Baseball roundly criticize the Angels. 
and said it was just a brutal move, uh, a, a cold, heartless decision to release a Hall of Famer, a guy that had meant so much to the game and really to your franchise for nine and a half years. We still haven't heard from Albert Pujols. But Joe Madden spoke on a podcast about what went down. Listen to this. The big thing is that Albert really wanted to play and wanted to play first base every day, and it became increasingly more difficult to do that with the ascension of Jared Walsh and, uh, and of course, Shohei Otani being able to DH and pitch more often. So there wasn't that many opportunities on the field for, for Albert at this point. Uh, we also had some young outfielders that were also in the ascension mode, and also Juan Lagares, I'm a big fan of, who we got from the Mets. So this it was very difficult to place everything in a, in a manner that could suit what, what Albert wanted to do also, which was to play first base often, like almost every day. Um, we really felt we, we needed to upgrade the defense, and I'm not slamming him at all right now. It's just the fact that it's a ma- matter of fact that we need Jared Walsh as a really good first baseman with better range. And, of course, when we do that and bring Jared in, then our outfield becomes better. So um, that was it. That's pretty much what it comes down to. It's, it's more or less a situation where we had to keep moving this thing forward. Um, we had to uh, take, we have some nice young players. I mean, regardless of what people say about our organization, minor league-wise, there's some nice-looking kids that need opportunity. So in order to augur out the opportunity, we presented it that way, and uh, that's, that was the discussion, and eventually it led to what we had to do. All right, so there's Joe Madden's version. Now, I'll add this, that Joe also talked about the fact that before the season, before the season, there was really no decision on if Albert was going to continue or not. And he said he had not made he would not make a decision until after the season. Probably not with the Angels, but he didn't know if he was going to retire. And if he wasn't going to retire, then in his final year, there was no way to give him a farewell tour or a goodbye tour or set it up properly for him. So there are two sides to the story. When you hear Joe Madden's side, what do you think, Rodney? I, I think he's in a tough situation. I think, like you just said, had Albert made it clear that this was his going to be his last season, uh, I, I'm sure they would have figured out, you know, some sort of farewell tour, some sort of way to include him in, you know, some lineups from time to time and, and give him some at bats and things like that. But when you have a young team and young players, I mean, look. Jared Walsh is playing well. I mean, he is playing extremely well for them, and and they've got Otani who's healthy. So uh, there wasn't going to be, as he, as Joe Madden said, a whole lot of opportunities for Albert in, in the later years of his career. So from a business standpoint, it doesn't make sense just to play him every day just because he's Albert Pools. you, you got to try to win games. Um, but I think it was it's, – it's a, it's a tough deal because Albert Pujols – doesn't want to retire and didn't say he wanted to retire before the season starts. So what do you do if you're the angels? You know, this guy doesn't want to do it. So you, people are asking, well, he should have had more dignity or had a farewell tour. He didn't, he's not, he didn't come out and say he wanted to retire. This is going to be my last year. He didn't do Kobe Bryant say, this is going to be my last year and, and go out that way. Um, he's still trying to play some more. So they, it put the angels really in a bad situation. A tough situation, I should say. And if he had wanted to be the DH, there wouldn't have been a problem. Yeah. If, if he wanted to DH, it would have been great. They'd have kept him, and he'd have been the DH. But yeah. he, he didn't want to. But they him. got Otani there to DH when he's not pitching, too. So that's that's a tough thing as well. So it wouldn't have been an everyday DH either. So yeah, if you are the Angels, what is it you do? 
The guy has come to you and said, I want to do this. This is what I want. Yeah. And they're saying that's not going to work. Right. So what do you do? You know, if you're Albert Pujols, would you rather sit there and not do what you want and just sit? Probably not. If you're the Angels and you're not going to allow him to do what he wants, you tell him up front. And they did. You know, I think the the thing that might be hard to swallow here is that Albert said, I want to play every day. They had this conversation. That's not going to happen. We couldn't give you a goodbye tour because you weren't retiring. We'll release you. Now you have the chance to play every day. He's not playing every day now. Not like he signed with anybody else yet. Yeah. To be their everyday first baseman. Yeah. I mean, that that's that's the issue, right? That's the issue with, with, with Albert Pujols not saying anything about this right now. We have not heard from him saying, yes, I asked for the release. I wanted to be an everyday player confirming what all the reports are. He hasn't said that. So that, that makes it. That makes it an easy target for the Angels and everybody coming out at the Angels, former players and people, you know, blaming the Angels when Albert could really clear everything up and say, look, I wanted to be, it's true, I wanted to be an everyday player. They didn't feel like I could be an everyday player. There's nothing against the Angels, but I still have some life left and want to play. And I asked to be released if I'm not going to be an everyday player. Yeah. Which is maybe probably what happened. I'm sure that's what happened. So, you know, the Angels do look like the villains. But I think in this story, when you really look at it, there truly are two sides. 